Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey, this is Seth Gilliam, Father Gabriel on The Walking Dead, and you're listening to Walkers and Talkers with David Brody and Jamie. Another ID for The Walkers and Talkers podcast. Yes. That was Seth Gilliam. That was a great idea. That was Father Gabriel. Should we hear it again? Yeah, it again just one more time. Uh, hold on, hold on. And then we'll tell you who we are and all that other fun stuff. Here we go. Hey, this is Seth Gilliam, Father Gabriel on The Walking Dead, and you're listening to Walkers and Talkers with David Brody and Jamie. Woo! Thank you, Seth Gilliam. Yeah, so we got to, to meet Seth Gilliam and a whole bunch of other cast members. Yes. Jamie and I went to Walker Stalker Con in New Jersey. I believe you go to walkerstalker.com and yes. see all the other cities they're going to be in. They're and countries. Yes. They've done Atlanta, New Jersey, but they're going all over the Midwest and the West, and they're going to uh, England and Australia and all uh, over, all over. It's the best event. If you haven't gone, I've, I haven't. I've gone to every single one they've ever done in New Jersey. I will never miss it. It's the best. Now you've got me to go to two in a row now. Yes, I have. And I would agree with you. I will go every year. Right? I will never miss it. Not just because they have the cast members, because they have. Like, most of the cast there. It's my Disneyland there. You were so goofy. <laughs> oh, my God. And no pun intended. <laughs> I really was. Because <laughs> you got there a little before me. And I'm yeah. Like, so, when I got there, Jamie was like, oh, my God, I saw this. I, saw that. I know. You watched it. I'm like, da 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 yeah. <laughs> And I bumped into this guy. And there's a girl dressed like this. And there's a guy dressed like that. And I saw this artwork and this T-shirt. And this guy was getting a tattoo. And, oh, my God. You're like, breathe. Hello. Yeah. yeah. I was like, hi, Jamie. How are hi. you? <laughs> and Jamie got there like eight minutes before I did. <laughs> The- I really got there like not much earlier than you. <laughs> yeah, but you had done all these things. So there's all these sci-fi booths of them selling oh, yeah. stuff and T-shirts and and uh, Walking Dead stuff and and 
related sci-fi stuff, unrelated sci-fi stuff. Then they have this tattoo booth. Look, I, I'm, oh. Me, personally, I'm never getting a tattoo. You, personally, you have a few of them. I have a bunch. But I don't know, even you said, like, kind of unusual to get a tattoo in the middle of a, 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 this huge... Everyone's where, watching. Where we in the New and, Jersey? Uh, Expo Center. Expo Center. So you're in this big, uh, huge, massive, as many adjectives as you want, yeah. uh, football field size uh, indoor place. Yes. And then there's this giant, like, four booths together Oof. of people laying down in, like, dentist chairs. And you can watch. You can watch people getting tattoos, and it did not look... Uh, it looked like a little painful for some of them. Now, the artwork was good, I have to say. It was beautiful, yeah. but I would be uh, a little nervous just on a whim to just pick, oh, I want that, and then just go for it and have everyone watch Well, me. I think, I would say, if I, I'm just making up a number, I don't have any yeah. statistics. I would say 50% of tattoos are on a whim. Like, yeah. oh, it's out yeah, my body. I was drunk, I got a tattoo. Well, you know what, I didn't know what I got, so I told the guy, pick me something. Oh. But these people were like, you know, really good artists. Yeah. I just, I'm not a tattoo person, Yeah. but if I was, I don't know if I would do it in public, because I would be screaming like a baby. I am a tattoo person, but I still- But do you scream? No, I've never screamed. I actually, I'm a freak. I kind of like it. Is that weird? Do you? Oh. I, <laughs> it, <laughs> There's some parts that hurt, though. <laughs> We're going to move on I don't want to know which parts so you So what got. else did you like at Walker's Well- <laughs> I don't even know where all your 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 tattoos are. I know where one is because you stealthy. can see it. No, you can't see all. I don't want to see them all because okay. I'm afraid of where some of them might be. And we're friends. <laughs> we're friends. But even the one is like I see it. Yeah. But I don't. I don't see. Other, I don't know what the other ones are. Yeah. You have one on your your wrist. Yeah, right? I have one on my. Wrist. Yeah, that's the two yeah. I know. How many do you have? I have six. Six. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, welcome. I to think Walkers. that's what my dad said. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Walkers and Talkers episode one thirty two. Hopefully. Uh, this is our last episode for 2018. Yes. I don't know when you're listening to this. This may be 2019 when you're hearing it. Just know that it was the last episode of 2018. Yes. There's no car studio performances. <laughs> now, we do have uh, an interview. Uh, we have interview clips that we're not going to air this year. We're waiting on permission. I'll get to that later. Yes. Uh, but let's talk about Walker StalkerCon. We have a lot of Walking Dead news. Mm -hmm. And then we have a great interview that we did with Seth Gilliam where I made him laugh. I gave him a line he's probably going to use. I love it. Other places. Um, and... We 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 said something to another member of The Walking Dead where he didn't seem comfortable saying it and then did an interview a couple of weeks later and said the same thing. Yes. So I think it's because he, he felt like, well, we'll give you okay, yeah, a Okay. <laughs> so w the way Walker Stalker is, like a lot of conventions, there's booths along a bunch of walls mm -hmm. and there's photo sessions going on. Yeah. So uh, shout out Corey, who uh, oh, is a Corey, major handler. you are the best, Corey. Uh, and, and, and intern Sam... Samantha, one of my former interns, yeah, is a handler in. there now. Crazy. Meaning she takes the talent around from where they have to go. She brings them here and there and wherever. Lucky duck. So when I, she's like, oh my God, I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> so we got uh, our picture taken with Norman Reedus. Yeah, yes, Separate pictures. Mm -hmm. uh, but before we did that, who did you meet? You met the governor? I did. I met David Morrissey, right. who played the governor. No eye patch. No eye patch. And I, I, went, I just went by myself and he, I go up to him he goes, you are gorgeous. And then I couldn't think straight. And I was like, oh, thanks. And then he signed my thing, and he hugged me twice. And then he kind of gave me like a little squeeze. Him and Xander Berkeley. Now, now uh, he and Xander Berkeley both have a thing for you, clearly. Yeah, uh, yeah because, and then as I was leaving, I was so flustered. And he's like, you have such a beautiful smile. I'm like, oh, my gosh, please stop, because I can't think. I couldn't think straight. <sighs> I have to go now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you have this. Uh, you're dangerous at these events. I know why it's your Disney know. World. The cast members of The Walking Dead are like, oh, hello. Oh, hello. <laughs> oh, I'm and the, you're Gingham. I'm the governor. <laughs> I'm 
my God. And I was by myself. I didn't have did you. Did he say he'd show you his patch if uh, you showed oh okay, okay, right, up? No, okay. he did not. All but right, he was okay. very sweet, had a really nice British accent. Oh, nice. Yeah. Would you would you know a non-British accent, like a non-nice British accent, like Cockney? If you're a Cockney, oh, he, I'm a chimney sweep. Would you I didn't like, know he mm. wasn't talking like that. Okay. <laughs> Hello. But super Governor. sweet and very tall, yeah. Yeah, he's very tall. Very tall. And I, so he didn't exactly talk to me very much because I did get to meet him. So right after I arrived, we went and uh, we took pictures with Norman Reedus. There's a huge line of people. We got in line. We took pictures well, with Well, while we were waiting for Norman. Oh, oh. JDM just Hold on. Walks you're, oh, in. you're blowing the story. Oh, well, all right. Well. Okay, erase what you just okay. heard. I could edit that out, but you, I'm not going to. We can edit it out. So a guy walks by with a giant wooden sign. I want to say it was like three and a half by two. So it was a horizontal picture wide, and it was Negan, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, with mm-hmm. the bat on his shoulder. Very cool. It looked like, it's one of the promotional photos from the show, but mm-hmm. it, it, so it was carved into wood. Yeah, literally just with a knife, he just right. did it. And then he, he made shading by making like deeper cuts. Yes. And then he, he did paint it, but then he made like wood cuts, so it looked like the wood was distressed. I've never seen anything like it. It was wild. So Jamie's mouth drops. Yeah. As if Norman Reedus was staying there. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And uh, she says, oh, my God, did you do that? And he's like, no, I didn't. Uh, and she says, oh, who's the artist? So the guy, now, keep, now we're over by the food court. Yeah. And right behind where we're standing are the windows to the parking lot where mm-hmm. my car was parked. Yes. And you got a great spot, I got a great way. spot by what I thought was the entrance, but it's an exit only. Right? Of course. Right. Hello. <laughs> That's not the case with some people I know. So, oh uh, so he's he does the thing where he lifts his chin up like over there, over there. So you said, where's the artist? Who's the artist? And so we're looking around for I the artist. He, I thought he was pointing the artist is right there. And I'm like, okay. I don't so we're looking and there's no artist, but the door is opening and it's a girl and a guy uh, escorting in another guy. And the guy, we are 10 feet away from uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yes. Just cash, walking in. Cash, backpack, he waved. Now, at this point, a mob makes a semicircle around the door. Now everyone sees him. Keeping a distance, by the way. Not like going near him. I but was like, filming. You were filming. <laughs> you, you, did you post it? I video? should post the video. I, did, I, uh, I don't know if I posted it. Uh, I you didn't. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so he's like, hey, everybody, whatever. He went in, did his photos, and then like a half hour later, he left, and then came back and left and came back. He had four photo sessions. Yes. He was there all day taking pictures. Yeah. So anyway, so he goes into his booth. He's like an hour later. We didn't, we, mm-hmm. we weren't there for him. We were there for Norman. We've both met Negan a bunch of times. Yeah. Gotten pictures with him. I interviewed him for one of the podcasts. Sweet, of, sweet guy. Nice guy. So we take the, we go into the Norman Reedus tent. Yeah. When it's our turn. So I'm getting nervous because last year we took a picture with JDM, and not that I don't love you, but we took it together, which is fine. But wow. we, but this was Here Norman. But this was Norman Reedus. So yeah. I I asked Corey, I'm like, do you think maybe we can can we get separate pictures? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, uh, I'll ask. Yeah, you could have cropped me out of the other one, but that's all right. And then he's like, yeah, you could do separate. I'm like, oh my god. Wow. I didn't think that about you. I'm so sorry, and but it was just because it was Norman, so... Yeah, yeah, okay. I was waiting. You wanted your moment. Yeah. So we go into the tent, and he's taking pictures with the people who are ahead of us. Yeah. And so I know Jamie's going to be a minute, <laughs> and I'm wearing a, a heavy winter coat. Mm-hmm. So I put my coat down on a chair, and there's two chairs there. The chair next to my empty chair is David Morrison. Yeah. So I say, excuse me, um... I don't call him the governor. That'd be tacky. He says, excuse me, David. If you have, excuse me, governor. If you wouldn't mind, can you watch my coat? And he doesn't really acknowledge it. He's whatever. He's, he's looking at somebody else. He was distracted. And so you take the picture, right? And you were all over him, all handsy. Uh, well, I said to him. You well, have first it up of at Walker's all, Nor- underscore talkers, Yes, right? well, thank By you. By the way, speaking of which, I'm so sorry. Can we backtrack for a second? Yes. 
I'm David Brody from Elvis Duran the Morning oh, Show. Yeah. That's Jamie from Light of Feminine. Yeah, sorry, York. We're, get, we're really excited. At David Brody, at the Talking Jamie, blah, yes. blah, blah. You know who we are. You listen in order. Thank you. Okay. So bye. I want to shout out to you because I. I I got very distracted when I was with Norman, and you captured a candid of us speaking. Yes, I took pictures and of you. And it was yes. the best picture. So when I, went, when I went up to Norman, he gave me a huge hug, and I was like, oh, my God. And then I said, you smell amazing. And he goes, I do? And I said, yes. And then we took our photo, and he kind of, like, rubbed my shoulder, and then I left. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. yeah. I didn't get that on the picture. No, you didn't, but he did smell awesome. And I got a big hug, so. You did. I was I was so giddy after that, I needed to, like, rein it in. I think I posted my picture. I have to check. So your picture with Norman Reedus, his arm is around you. Uh, Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. My picture with Norman Reedus, his arm is like at my side, keeping me six inches away. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's as if there was a person between us. Yeah. I feel like I got gypped. It wasn't as bad as the Kylo Ren Disney fiasco. Oh my God, I remember that. (laughs) Which, go back and listen if you missed it, but uh, we talked about how I, you know, I tried to do something when he didn't want me to do it in the picture, and it was just awkwardness. It's a great story. I have to yeah. figure out what episode it was. But you know what it was? I'll tell you what it was. It was the, not this past summer. I feel like, yeah, better summer year and a half of, ago. Summer of yeah. 17, whatever the podcast was, after the 4th of July, I told the story about Kylo Ren. That was a fiasco. <laughs> so this wasn't as bad. No. But I felt like he thinks I have the cooties. No. I don't have the cooties. I said, hi, Norman. It's a pleasure to meet you. And he, he shook my hand, and that was fine. And then we took a picture. And so I go to get my coat. And I thank David, the governor, for my... I go, hey, oh, you thank you. the governor. I say, hey, thanks for watching my coat. And he looked at me like, listen, bitch, I don't watch your coat. <laughs> no. I'm the governor, damn it. I'm the governor. Yeah, so he didn't really speak, yeah. but I feel like I met him. Well, you were standing there. I mean, you did... You said words. Yeah, I said yeah. words, and he heard them. Yeah. And he, <laughs> he kind of looked them. at me like... <laughs> uh, you know, he gave yeah. me the look like, eh, yeah, sure, okay. I get sure, it. Yeah, you're sure. being jokey. And then right after that, um, we saw Norman leave for a while, so we just it made looked the like Norman off. left, left after the, like his little line. He went for a break or yeah, a cigarette. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, uh, Jeffrey yeah. Dean Morgan smoking when he walked in. Yeah, and Seth smokes. They all, a lot of them. Smoke. Yeah, they were. So Seth was kept us waiting for his interview. He was on a smoke break. Yeah, he, you know, guys, oh, don't Gabriel, do that. We want you, you to live. What are you live. doing? Come on, it's don't not, do it. Zombie apocalypse. I get it. Like you're gonna yeah. go any minute. It's not worth it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. All right. So then we, uh, we Jamie decides she's got money burning a hole in her pocket. I well, this is my rule. Every year, you know, if we're not interviewing them, interviewing them or something for my placement, as you call it, I need to. I pick two people that I'm gonna pay right. and sign. So right. first was the governor, and then I know we met him before, but he hadn't signed it. I'm like, I real, he's so great. I wanted to be with Kari Payton right now. Excuse me. I well, you know what I mean. <laughs> I do, do you know, know what, what you I mean? mean? <laughs> well, in a couple. Well, oh, we're, 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 I digress. Okay, but, yeah. Yes. So we had met Kari Payton at the premiere of season eight in Los Angeles last year when when uh, AMC flew us out there to the Greek theater, right on the red carpet, and we took selfies with him. Yeah. Great, but you wanted another picture with Kari Payton. Yeah, and I wanted him to sign my my thing. So at that time, so Kari Payton sees us. I was online with you. I was like yeah. the coat holder. Yeah. And I took the pictures. Yes. But I didn't pay for the pictures. I didn't get one, which is totally fine. But he hugged every single person. He really did. A deep hug. He hugged you too? He did hug me. I'm like, I'm not paying. He goes, that's okay. Give me a hug. He was so sweet. Love him. I hope he lasts on the show forever. I said to him. He's the best. Oh, you did. I'll tell you what I want to say. say. So you took the picture. He Mm -hmm. hugged you again. Yes. Then he hugged me and again. And I said, hey, it was a pleasure meeting you. We met you a year ago. You know, I'm not going to get into the whole, because people don't remember. I said, we met you a year ago. You were really nice then. I said, I really hope you were able to, what was what I used? Survive. Uh, I said, survive the, your comic book fate. That was it. Now, that's not a spoiler, because it could happen years. Of, years, of, years or it could, could happen to someone else. Whatever. That's what they do. They like yeah, to switch around. switch your memory up or up, yeah. up, up, up. Okay, yeah. right. 
Like, for instance, Eugene dates Rosita in the comics. Yes. Not Father Gabriel. They switch it up. Yeah. So there you go. So he went, <laughs> me too. Right. So you're right. Now, keeping in mind, they've already filmed um, the other half of season. The other season half of the season. Yeah. I know that because somebody. I, I can't say what he said. I can't say anything. I know. I can, we can't say anything. Oh, but... T- I can allude to what was said. Yeah. But not... I, I'll, I'll get to it. Tell the people the picture that you showed Kari. Oh, oh, oh. So I've posted this on Instagram. Yeah. It's a picture of a guy in the, the Tribeca, New York area where our studios are located. He's a black gentleman with very long braids. Yes. Long braids. Longer than... Like than, down to his butt. Longer than King Ezekiel. Very, yeah, much longer. But not from the school of, well, he's a black guy with braids. He looks like Father... Like no, Ezekiel, no, 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 no. But he, he's, I think he's a professional dog walker. Yeah. And the dog I always see him with... It, it's, it's a it's bull like, mastiff. Is it? It's like a big Marmaduke dog. Yeah, it's, it's a big... It's a pony. And so from behind, when you're walking on the street, it looks like King Ezekiel and Sheba. Yeah. It looks like he's walking a tiger. And I saw him once after you showed me. I'm like, in my head, I was freaking out. I'm like, oh my God, and there I sho- it is. And I showed Chris Hardwick, and he's like, oh my God. Yeah. But I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to show King Ezekiel. I love it. And he looks, he's like, oh my God. <laughs> I know. He got a big kick out of it. <laughs> that was great. I should have gotten a, I see, I would have gotten a picture with him holding my phone. Oh. But then I'd be like, I have to pay for that. Yeah. I don't think yeah, he would like, Yeah, there's stickers an ironic, that. Free, there's no ironic freebies. <laughs> Hashtag yeah. ironic freebie. Ironic freebie. Be good. <laughs> so, then, so then you said, I have more money. Who should we, Who? One, what other person do you want to meet? Yeah. And I think I said um, Magna. Yeah. But then she wasn't at her booth. No, she wasn't. Right. I know she has a name, but don't tweet me. It's just, Nadia. Uh, Nadia. It's Nadia. It Nadia matter. something. We, we all know her name. Anyway, yeah. she wasn't at the booth, and then we were scheduled for an interview with Father Gabriel. We had requested a bunch of people. Yes. But timing-wise, on Saturday when we were there, it didn't work out. Yeah. Some people were doing interviews on Sunday or Friday, but we got there Saturday. Yep. So we got to talk to Father uh, Gabriel, Seth Gilliam. And we got a little room, a little private room. It was just us. I was like, yeah. oh my so goodness, they, what is happening? They had these, this um, is so exciting. These curtains, they, they put up like like temporary walls. Oh, yeah. Like big ro- like curtain rods and, and poles. Curtains, and they, yeah. And they build a room out of curtains. Yeah. And they gave us a table and water and snacks to interview him. Peanut butter crackers, which I ate on the way home. Thank right. you, because I was starving. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is like our interview this room. This is our room. So we did a real interview with him. Yeah. Which we're going to play we in a minute. We chairs and everything. It was awesome. Uh, who else did we meet? Uh, Ross Marquand. Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. All right. So here's the thing about Ross Marquand. Ross Marquand. 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 <laughs> um, we have IDs from Ross Marquand. We do. Which I think we'll wait till January to play. Okay. Unless you want me to play them now. I, well, we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see. But we played okay. the Seth Gilliam ones, so that's good. Okay. So Ross Marquand. <laughs> I've that. never seen this before in any meet and greet. Me either. Now, Kari Payton hugged everyone and talked to everyone. The line for Ross Marquand was extremely long. Into the, not hallway, but whatever you want to call it. Into Partially the, because yeah. he's famous mm-hmm. and popular and great on the show. But he was talking to three girls, of which I think one of them paid. Mm-hmm. But they all basically hung out with him like girl talk. For like 20 minutes. It seemed that way. No, I think it actually was. And then so. he took pictures with them. Then he took selfies with them. They're Googling then he took, stuff together. Then he They're took, hanging then out. Then he took goofy selfies with them. Then another bunch of people went and he hung out with them. So we were like next and we weren't like impatient. No. It was just, he spent a good 10 to 15 minutes. With everyone. Not, and his handler didn't say a word. Nobody was caring. The people online were like, weren't upset because they knew they were going to get that treatment. Oh yeah. No one was upset. Everyone, yeah. Because they knew they were going to have the same. Okay. Yeah. So we go up to Ross who say hello. He's a hugger too, by the way. He Very sweet. hugged us. Thank you. 
uh, and I was thank you for watching the show and just like I was like I I'm, I didn't even pay and he's like <laughs> I don't care because just give me a hug yeah he hugged Jamie he didn't hit on you though no he did not I'm sorry that's okay you know what he Kari did like my dress though he did yeah he did but not in a oh. but but not in a creepy way not, he was like that is a cool dress I love it I was like thanks right I was like step off man Xander <laughs> Berkeley already claimed so I I said so I figured oh, if he's gonna be cool now let's see if we can talk to him a little bit. So I said, hey, listen, we want to get a picture with you, of course. You know, Jamie wants to get a picture. Um, and uh, Corey had arranged that we get a picture with him. Yes. And an interview. That that was the one person we said, can you hook us up with a, with a picture? Yeah. Because he had a booth. It wasn't a photo thing and we, unless you paid for a photo. Or I don't a believe either of us had ever met him before. No, this was not. both our first time. Yeah, yeah, right. He had the beard. still had the beard. Yep. And I said, hey, uh, listen, we do a podcast. We love your show. Walkers and Talkers. Yeah. Maybe you've heard of it. And we'd love to get an ID from you. Oh, sure. And I had it on my phone. Yep. And, Smart. And, and he and he did the, you know, they had his Ross Marquand, and you're listening. So I said, hey, you'll hear. I'll play you the audio uh, in January. I promise. And I said, can you do it again? I don't want to give it away, but I said, can you do it with a little more of an accent? Yeah. And he did it. He did. He was so very then good when about I it. saw he was like, so what's going on? What do you tell me about? Blah, blah, blah. I said, oh, we're on a radio show and blah, blah, blah. And he said, oh, that's great. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, so I guess I got a quick question about the show. And I asked him some questions about the show. And then I asked him some questions about the season. Yeah. And I asked him some questions about his arm, you know, the fake arm. Yeah. The cut, arm cut off. And uh, I asked him a whole lot of questions. Yeah. You did. Now, here's the thing. Uh, the microphone that we recorded the IDs with, it's a it's a microphone with a built-in recording device Yeah, in no it. wires, handheld. It's an unbelievable piece of equipment that we don't own. We bought it from the radio yeah. station. And I, I put it down on the counter next to him. Yeah. And I didn't think twice of it. I was just being fanboy. Yeah. Asking him questions. And then at some point, he looks and sees the lights blink, and he goes, oh, is that recording? And I'm like, instantly, I'm like, oh, God. I said, oh, you know what? It's Yeah, it is, actually, but I wasn't looking to record you. It's just it's still on, because it's it's uh, fragile, the button. It's yeah. uh, sensitive. If you touch it. So then I got so nervous, I turned it off. <laughs> so, so, right, so, so you turned it off, and he's like, oh, uh, listen, I don't know what I said, because, you know, they're very tight-lipped about certain things. They can't say anything yes. as far as on the record. Yes. But we're in the media, uh, allegedly. I mean, yeah, we're, so, I we're barely yeah, media. Fair, yeah. And so uh, I wasn't even wearing my hat that says press on it. I wasn't gonna... <laughs> oh, you left that at home? Right. I'm not even, I'm not enemy of the people. I'm like, uh, yeah. I'm, We're for I'm, the people. I'm an annoyance of people. <laughs> so he said, oh, uh, you know what? Um, what did I say? And I said, well, we just said this, this, and this. He goes, oh, all right. He goes, yeah, he goes, that's that's not for air, right? I go, no, anything you said while it was rolling, if you don't want, no. He's okay, great. And then he goes, I see, then he hit the button. He hit the record button. He physically hit record again. I'm like, okay, I'm okay. Right. So after that, he knew we were recording, yes. and, he, and he said a bunch of things. Yes. All right. We do the thing. He does the IDs, hugs us, and then we kept talking. Yeah. We kept talking. So then I felt, you know, you know what? We, we're, people are waiting. I was in my, internally, my internal clock was going, oh, my God, we better, and, like, And so leave. I was like, listen, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. He's like, no, anything else you want to, like, he was like, you don't have to leave. Yeah. I was like, listen, buddy, I love you. <laughs> you got a long line. But those people are going to kill us. I'll hang out with you. By your, I'll, go, I'll go play tennis with you. But, I, you know, I don't even play tennis, really. Yeah. But I, I'll go play whatever you want. He couldn't have been more cordial. Very. He was like, you know, arm around us, hanging out. He answered every question. Um, I this Here's one thing. I, I don't remember which half it was. Yeah. All right. So yeah. I don't want to. I'm not, I'm not doing a season six cliffhanger on you. We had some really good questions. With some really fun answers. Yeah. Since the show doesn't come back till February, anything we play for you in January will still be pretty cool. Absolutely. Promise. Yeah. Stuff about the whisperers and st- stuff, ab- stuff about on. stuff about okay. Um, 
Here's what I can say, because he did an interview. When I do the news, okay. I'm going to reference a Ross Marquand story. Okay. And I'm going to say that we did talk about it, and I think that's why he did the interview. Okay. Hmm. Um, we, 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 we also talked about uh, his beard. Yeah. And I, I asked him um, I asked him if, if he has the beard specifically to look like comic book Rick. He gave us an answer on that. Mm-hmm. Because he does look exactly like comic book Rick. Yes, he does. And so people thought, like, oh, because Rick's not on the show, does he, are they keeping that look, and he'll take some of Rick's storylines. So we did talk about that and some other things. But overall, it was great. Now, we didn't get to Nadia because by the time we saw Nadia came back to our booth, I had to leave. Yeah, it was getting late. It was getting and, late. Uh, Here's what I'll say. It's a good-looking woman in person. She's very beautiful. I'm not saying she would have hit on me the way everyone hits <laughs> on you. Good-looking woman. Yeah. But Jamie and I were both trying to do the same thing. We were trying to check out her tattoos because on the yeah. show, she's got a crazy like neck booby tattoo. Up the neck and Through the collarbone. And Whole area there. We we're trying to look like, but she had a shirt on that literally covered up to her throat. Right. I'm like, almost like a turtleneck. Now, I'm like, if, no. if you Google Nadia and tattoo, you don't see anything. Yeah. If you Google image her, there's a couple of pictures of a tattoo there, but less than what's on the show. So we didn't know if they've added to it for the show. We're not quite like, sure. Why would they do that? Did she add to it? Yeah. I assume it's real because it's really intricate, unless it's a sticker. It, it is intricate. But it, it was w- a picture of her at a red carpet event, and she had a tattoo there. So it, I but, think it's real. But both of us, for different reasons, were like going, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Couldn't see. Yeah. Couldn't see. And of course, Carl was there. Yes. Uh, oh, speaking of Carl, we got a text from one of our, our loyal, regular listeners. Oh, we did? Yeah. Todd Ubbin. Todd Ubbin. Ubbin, Ubbin. Listen, I'm shouting you out. Don't give me a break, Todd. I think it's Ubin. Uh He's at the Oob, U-B-E. Uh, this was announced recently that Living Coral uh, was crowned Color of the Year for 2019. And, of course, he said, is this some kind of cruel joke being played on Rick Grimes? Oh, that's pretty funny. Living Coral. Pantone's Color of the Year is Coral. 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 Now, if you wear Living Coral, this is my question, do you have to go back in the house? <laughs> That's that's my that's my final question. Get back in the house, Carl. All right, let's talk about some news. Okay. Now, some of this is from last week, uh, but we didn't do an episode last week. Yes. All right. Troy Otto and Daniel Salazar. uh, You know their real names, but those characters are going to be back on Fear the Walking Dead. Interesting. When last we left Troy, Madison had clunked him in the head with a hammer at the dam. We assumed dead. Spoiler, uh, and we assumed he was dead. Now, I guess he was dead, but they're retconning it and deciding we'd want him back. Yeah. We didn't see a body. We didn't see a body. Now, the dam blew up, so he had to have un- been like, oh, my head, and wandered and out of the And walked out light. and floated somewhere. And some, again, I, I, they got to do a really good job of explaining to me how after a year and a half time skip, they meet everybody. <laughs> they find each other again. Uh, I got to see this to believe yes. it. All right. Now, people are like, what if he tracked them? Right. Oh, he is a he is a. But a year and a half, he would have like sat in the stands at the baseball stadium and not said a word. Mm. So I let's see that. We'll see. Daniel Salazar is coming back. Ruben Blades coming I, coming back. He always comes back. Yeah, he always comes back. But I think like he needs time off to work on his music career and everything else he does. He does his so many acting things. career. So he's coming back. Yeah. Now how he's coming back again? A year and a half later, well, he's got a hole in his face. I know. That's like yeah. And how Troy, we left him? It's like how did we? Not... Did he and Troy come together or separately and? I just, I can't. I needed some answers. All right. Yeah. Also, speaking of like, how do they do it? We did ask Ross Marquand. Marquand. <laughs> about Michonne mysteriously finding everyone at the cemetery in the fog. Yes, you did ask. When she had no idea where they went. I hope we can play that sound. He did answer. It was he funny. did answer. It. I, I, I know it's a tease. I'm so sorry. I, we, we we'll just get you as many answers as, we, as soon as we get. So here's what happened. So yeah. Ross contacted our people at Walker Stalker and said, you know what? I don't remember what I said. 
even though he told me we wouldn't air it, he's like, let me hear it. Maybe maybe it's good. Yeah. I'll, I'll approve it. Yeah. So we sent him the clip to Walker Stalker. They sent it directly to Ross. Ross wrote back this morning. Yes. Legit this morning. Literally, yes. Because I because I wrote back and I go, have you heard from him? And they're like, oh yes, he did. I meant to email you. He's been out of the country. He's been in, he's been across the pond in yeah. Europe, I think, and he hasn't listened to it yet. But he listened to it this week and get back to us. Yeah. My guess is there was nothing objectionable there. Yeah, I think we're good, but you know we respect him and yeah. and the convention. We just want to be safe the, and right. sorry. Right. And I, so I wrote back. Listen, if we're going to be good guys and not air it, see if he'll do an interview with us, <laughs> like a full on interview. Yeah. So we're hoping. Well, yeah. fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Okay. Uh, so a lot of people are saying, well, if you can bring Daniel Salazar back and Troy back, why can't you bring Madison back? I mean, we really did never see. We also never saw Buddy. Right. Now, here's what I'm going to say. If you bring back Troy and Daniel and you find a way to bring back Madison, again, how is she going to find everybody? <sighs> and she has another job now. But it, let's say yeah. they did. Let's say they find a way. Even Let's say they bring her back in one of those non-show shows. Like a webisode. Oh, yes. Like where they show yeah. her running around the baseball stadium mm-hmm. and she gets out but then dies anyway. Mm-hmm. Like how cool would that be if she survived? How crazy that would be. A- and you show her journey following them and then she dies on the road and they never know it. Oh. That'd be cool. That's so sad. But cool. Yeah. All right. Or if Troy finds her and then oh kills her. Oh, my God. Could you great. imagine? By the way, if that happens, I called it. <laughs> I called Yeah. That like would, if Troy killed crazy. her. Yeah. Wow. Mind blown. Right. Mind blown. So here's what I'm going to say. If you bring back Madison, who easily could have run around the baseball stadium, were up to stands and gotten out, yeah. and then just couldn't find her family for for I however long I the could, time skip was. That could happen. It could happen. If you do, I want them to bring back Mips. Mips. Oh, Mips. My nobody pal Sebastian. For, nobody for Mips either. Nobody for Cole. Yeah. Cole's van drove off, and they were like, oh, they all died. Cole and the gang. I didn't see Cole and the gang in the Scooby <laughs> van die. <laughs> Me, I didn't either. So I say you bring back Cole. Yeah. Make that happen. Mips. Mips. Okay. Uh, Norman Reedus rebelled against effing stupid Daryl Dixon accessory. Uh, Norman Reedus once had to rebel against his motorcycle riding Daryl Dixon sporting effing stupid sunglasses. He said, they tried to put sunglasses on me. We had a new bike a couple of seasons ago, and a lot of it was on gravel, and a lot of the roads they picked were were not paved, and somebody in the stunt department said, he needs glasses because a pebble could hit him in the eye. And uh, he was on Dan Fogler's 4D Experience podcast. Mm. That's Experience. That is Luke from The Walking Dead, by the right, way. Right, and he said, uh, yeah, I wasn't wearing sunglasses. We did one scene with me wearing sunglasses, and I was like, this is effing stupid. <laughs> I won't wear a helmet, but I wore glasses. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, it's just not cool with the glasses. Like, F that shit. You don't see, Explicit. except Tara, that one episode when she's wearing sunglasses eating Twizzlers, you don't see any sunglasses in the apocalypse. Right. Well, there's no lens crafters. Although, again, no, we complained that the girl has glasses. All yeah, right. that's true. Uh, let's see. Oh, he said, as far as the crossbow, he said, I had to fight for that. Because in the beginning the of the crossbow, he had to learn how to hold a crossbow. And um, he said, the crossbow blocks your mouth. And so they gave me lines uh, uh, while I'm shooting or, or pointing at something. And they're like, we, can you lower the crossbow uh, and shoot from your hip? We can't see your mouth move. And he's like, that's not how you shoot a crossbow. You don't shoot it from the hip unless you're Scarface. Yeah. Like with the guns. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, he said, no, I'm not shooting the crossbow from the hip. 
There's a video, if I can find it, from about 10 years ago where Norman was training with the crossbow. He was a hot mess with it. It was flying out of his hand, going behind him. He couldn't. Now, was he a hot mess or just hot? It was both, but, okay. but it was very funny when he was trying to learn it. Do you watch that on Saturday nights? I, yep, that's all I do. Nice. Uh, on, re- on repeat. Uh, Pollyanna McIntosh, who we did see. We just didn't go up to her. We need to meet her last year because Corey said she is the absolute sweetest. He did say that. Yeah, but we just didn't have time. Um, She said she hasn't signed yet for the movies, but she said she will be in the first movie with Rick. There will definitely be more of an understanding of the community that that she comes from, um, and I'm going with them. As for whether or not she will go by Anne or Jadis, Hmm. going forward, she says Anne was a fraud to help her fit in uh, while Jadis is her true persona. She's always been Jadis. Whether she's choosing to be considered as Anne or not at this point is a good question. I don't think she needs to be Anne anymore. I want to believe there's a little Anne in there. Hmm. I don't want to be well, all there was, evil. There was a little Father Gabriel in uh, Anne. There was a little summon right, summon. Right. Uh, okay, so you're going to hear this. I don't want to say. You're going to do it? Well, this is no, no, because this is in the interview. Mm-hmm. So I'll go back and read what he said after our interview, because he did an interview where he said... Um, uh, he comments on something we asked him in interviews. So I'm going to leave it over here. Okay. Um, and then a lot of the quotes I'm reading to you were from the panel discussions at Walker Stalker. So here's Tom Payne. By the way, <gasps> I got, okay. I was just thinking. I ha- I, do we have this on tape? I don't know if I have this on tape. Uh, mm. I was talking to uh, Ross Marquall. I don't think it's on tape, unfortunately. And I was, I, when I first went up to him and I said, um, it's a shame that, you know, you lost the possible romance with uh, Jesus. Yeah. But after reading... Tom, Tom Payne's Tom comments Payne. uh, about uh, being off the show. You know, I, it's for the best, I guess, whatever. But maybe we'll see your relationship in the uh, time jump. Yeah. And he said, you never know, because he didn't say anything he couldn't say. Right? Okay. So I said, so he goes, say the name again? I went, Tom Payne. <laughs> and he goes, wow, you, you do that really well. <laughs> and I said, I said, coming from someone that does impressions <laughs> of his castmates, uh, that's quite a compliment. Especially since you know Tom. By the way, if you have not heard Ross do impressions, watch it on YouTube. Oh, it is he's one fantastic. of the most wild things you've ever seen. Right. So I said, so I said, well, let me explain. Uh, I'm going to ask you to do an ID, but Tom Payne did an ID for yeah, us. Yeah, Tom Payne. And every time we hear it, we make fun of it. Oh, I said, well, we do the impression. Yeah. So I've been practicing. I said, so here's what I did. <laughs> hey, it's Tom Payne. So when I said we to Ross about Quan, he says, that's really good. <laughs> I was like, wow, I, I just impressed Ross. Coming from him, that's impressive. Yeah, this is Tom Payne. So, yeah, that's what I, yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Okay, so at Walker Stalker, uh, Tom Payne hinted that Jesus will reappear in the back half of season nine, despite hmm. being killed off, spoiler, in the mid-season finale, saying there's lots of time left unexplored by that six-year time skip. A lot of stuff happened. Those mysterious marks on Michonne and Daryl. Mm. All of these things which could be explained, and Jesus may have had a hand in some of that. You maybe might want to see what happened with Jesus in those six years. The actor said Jesus is dead as far as this spot from the timeline in the show. Angela Kang has confirmed the back eight will also explore some of the events of the time jump that followed the apparent death of Rick Grimes. Uh, We will find out the secret of the exes, uh, why Michonne, what the problem was between Michonne and Alexandria and the hilltop, and all that stuff. We're definitely going to be telling that story of what happened there. Uh, it's a deep emotional story for Michonne and for Daryl, too, so I'm excited. The people need to know. Right. Okay. Let's play the Seth Gilliam interview. Okay. Now, I want you to listen to the whole thing. Enjoy it. I want you to hear when I when I uh, gave him a line he can use, <laughs> and then listen carefully <laughs> to the way the him a bit, interview ends. Yeah. So here we go. 
All right, well, we're here with Seth Gilliam. We're very excited. We just passed your booth where you're doing meet and greets and signing autographs, and you were saying that your first Walker Stalker con wasn't quite that way. The lines weren't quite as long. There were really no lines. There were just a few people standing at the edge of the periphery looking at me and scowling for the most part. Some people would come up to tell me that they didn't trust me, that they didn't like me, that they wanted me to die. Yeah, now it's very different. The character's undergone some great changes, and he's been through kind of a whirlwind of stuff, and the people have been uh, very supportive and along for the ride now. So it's very different. Now there are large groups who want to talk about Father Gabriel. You're walking around, you see some of the major characters on the show with long lines like yourself, and then you see the, the new characters and the former characters whose lines are not as long as yours. But at any moment, any of the minor characters can be a major character. Because people drop like flies, and all of a sudden, Andrew Lincoln leaves, and Lauren Cohan leaves, and everyone else gets elevated. So my advice in coming to Walker Stalkers, meet everyone, take pictures with everyone, because everyone is equally, a, a, can be as a huge a part of the show. Uh, but more importantly, congratulations on your uh, ascent on the show, which we have a lot of questions about, um, at the midpoint of season nine. And there's a sense from the fans and reviewers that the show seems like it used to, or there's an older feeling or a, a throwback vibe to it, or I hate to say it because we've never thought it wasn't great, but people are saying it's great again, that maybe it had slowed down a little, uh, the Negan time was oppressive, and that now it seems more like a hopeful time. As an actor on the show, do you feel that it feels like it may have been when you started the show? And if so, how does that, how does that come about? What is it about the show that you feel is giving us the feeling that it's different. I think there's some different voices uh, now behind the scenes uh, that are a little bit more prominent, and I think that's led to a, a bit of like an in-house reboot, if you would, you know, or just they hit the refresh button on the show, in a sense. And uh, I, I, think, uh, I think it's exciting. It's exciting for me to be a part of. I mean, this has been a whirlwind experience for me from the beginning. You know, coming on the show, uh, show this large and with this huge a fan base uh, and this passionate a fan base. So, you know, the main people have stuck around and will continue to stick around. You know, it's French people who come and go, but um, they seem to be coming back. You know, in in terms of uh, in terms of their commitment to the show, I think because it's got uh, some some new voices and a bit of a refreshed start. It seems on the show that uh, we learned Daryl is still looking for Rick. He said he's never found a body. Is it safe to assume that Father Gabriel has not mentioned his encounter with Jadis? That it seems like they would reference that. Uh, it's been six years since you guys hooked up and then you proved yourself worthy to live. Should we assume Father Gabriel has not mentioned it? And or is that something we'll find out coming up this or next season? I think for Father Gabriel, you know, he was unconscious when, uh, when Jadis slash Anne takes Rick. Off. So, uh, so he doesn't know what happened to her. In his mind, she's just gone. She didn't really explain what the other community was about, or you know, she went into a little bit of, of uh, what it took for her to get there, what was expected of her. But I don't think he's got much more information aside that to share or to give. I don't know how that would be helpful to a tracker like Daryl. Well, only in the sense that he knew that Anne was trading people, and although the show has completely not mentioned that Heath disappeared. Which, I, which is a little unusual that Tara would have mentioned it maybe once, that maybe that's a puzzle piece because as viewers, when Heath disappeared, we saw the PPP card, which nobody knew what that meant, and then 
uh, some of us realized it stood for whispering and music and that we thought that was maybe a clue to the whispers. But then his van was in the junkyard and so maybe they were gonna do the whispers and then they, we can't figure that out, I'm sure we will. But we just felt like at least Father Gabriel might have a piece of the puzzle that she did trade people. Maybe that's what happened to Heath. Maybe that's what happened to the saviors that were killed and disappeared. That, that might, you might mention it. So your feeling is he hasn't mentioned it, maybe because he thinks there's nothing worth mentioning. Yeah, my feeling is that um, you know he doesn't have an answer to a question. He's just got more of a question to offer. And I think it's not helpful at, at some point to just speculate, speculate, speculate. He doesn't have the answers, you know, because uh, he wasn't around for it. But I, you know, I also don't know how much interaction Father Gabriel and Daryl really have or would have. They're not really two characters who seem to, to move in the same circles um, on the show. So I'm not sure if they would have had an opportunity to sit down and had a, have a conversation about it or not. So when Father Gabriel went to see Negan in the cell and Negan was trying to, you know, mind F him a little bit, I guess you could say, and try to get in his head about, you know, Rosita and everything, do you think that he was insinuating that maybe she wasn't being faithful or was using him? Or do you think that he was just trying to mess with him and then he ended up leaving the gate unlocked? Father Gabriel did not leave the gate unlocked. There was a guard on duty. He slams the cell door shut. It locks. The guard uncuffs Negan. The effing guard <laughs> let Negan out of the cell. <laughs> All right? First off, what was the other part of the question? <laughs> if you thought that uh, Rosita was being faithful to Father Gabriel or just using him, or like Negan actually knew information and had something on him, or he was just, just mind trying to mind F him? And I think Father Gabriel is under the impression that Negan is just trying to mind F him yeah. at that point and trying to say things that would unnerve any man. Yeah. I feel like Negan mind f Father Gabriel so much that he didn't lock the gate. I feel like Father Gabriel and everyone else locked that gate every day, but there had to be something different about that one day. Okay. If you're watching the show and you see the scene, you see that Father Gabriel slams the gate, it shuts and does not bounce open. That gate is locked. We don't see Father Gabriel in that room again. The only person we see in that room is the effing guard <laughs> who uncuffed Negan. Next question. So you're not sure what happened is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, can't get a definitive answer out of this man. All right, fine. I love the way you take it personally. You're defending Father Gabriel. That man would never. He would, if anyone knows about, if anyone knows about locking a door, it's Father Gabriel. Thank you. I think we rest our case. The man came onto the scene locking a door. You can use that in future interviews. All right. Stephen Yun, in an interview, talked about how he wanted the iconic death. He wanted the Glenn episode 100 death, and he thought it would be wrong if he didn't get it. And I found that unusual because... Ultimately, you're saying, I want to lose my job, yeah. right? Now, there's a time jump, and Tom Payne has mentioned that he may return in the time jump because there's six years of things to be filmed. So even though he's dead, he may still have a job. You did an interview recently, if I'm correct, if they quoted you properly, where you said you might like the iconic ending of Father Gabriel. Now, no spoilers, but it happens in the not-too-distant future yeah. in the comics. Do you feel like most actors would choose an amazing scene over a longer, 
period of employment? I feel that most actors, real actors, actual actors, are storytellers. And for us, it's about telling the best story possible. So if your death serves the story, you want it to be in the best way possible. And if it's an iconic death, I could see why Steven Yeun, uh, you know, would have wanted to have that because you realize it's that's how that character ends. That's how it's supposed to be for that character. Of course, you don't want to lose the job, but I think instinctively, telling the story is more important than job security to an actor. Someone else could have that death though and still tell the story. You also recognize that, I mean, it's The Walking Dead. It's not The Walking that got hurt and everybody, got, you know, healed up nicely. You know, there's going to be death. So if there is going to be death, if that's part of the show, then you know that your time is coming and you want it to be as impactful as possible. One of the good slash bad things about the show is that when the writing team knows someone's about to die, they give them a, an epic arc. And I feel like it would be great if someone got an epic arc and then didn't die. And you almost see it coming sometimes. Like, one of the things Tom Paine talked about was he wanted his character to be more like the comics, a little more action-oriented. And so he got to do that, ponytail and all, uh, man bun and all, uh, in his final scene. And what a, what a shame his fans that we didn't get to see more of him doing that. As he said, his best fights were against uh, fellow survivors, right? Morgan and, you know, and he didn't get the Negan fight from the comics. And I, I'm wondering, as Father Gabriel is coming to his own and he's becoming a leader and well-liked and now he's got the radio on, you know he's doing that and he's got a relationship with first with with Anne kudos by the way you don't normally see a lot of sex or innuendo you're a junkyard dog uh, <laughs> and so it's now you're with Rosita which for us was a shock so let's take that as as one point were you shocked when the script came out that you were going to be in a relationship with uh, Rosita, and how long should we assume with the time jump it had been going on? I like to think that it's a new thing because that makes it fresh and kind of uh, exciting and dangerous at the same time. Uh, so I like to think it's a new relationship. And um, yeah, I was surprised that they were doubling down on the romantic interests for Father Father Gabriel with a, with another character, but uh, I'm excited by it. You know, it's a May-December romance. I hadn't realized Rosita was that old. <laughs> no. he, he got it. <laughs> With the radio, that certainly plays a big part in the in the comics. When you saw that part, I know you you may or may not know the next season or the second half exactly. But when you see tidbits, uh, I know uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan said he doesn't read the comics. I don't read the comics either. Okay, so. Some actors might see an iconic thing like the radio and go, oh, I know where that's going. But the, the good thing about the show, and even more so in the last season or two, it's completely veered off from uh, whether it's actors wanting to leave or it's been completely different. So for what we know as comic readers, we can safely assume there's nothing to safely assume. Pretty much. Pretty much, yes. Um, uh, yeah, I don't read the comics. I, 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 I don't know why Jeffrey Dean doesn't. I don't read the comics because I don't want to get attached to things that may not show up in the show. Uh, and it sounds like Tom uh, did get attached to things that didn't show up in the show. And, and, uh, and that's the kind of heartbreak I'm, I was looking to avoid and not reading the comics. Um, uh, but I think it's safe to assume you can't assume anything because the, the writers are trying their best to be one step ahead of the audience. Nobody wants to tell a story that's already been told. 
you know, you want to tell the story in the newest, freshest way possible. So, uh, so I give him kudos for, uh, for mixing things up. I know it can be frustrating to not see some things come to fruition on the TV show that you saw in the comics. It's like reading a good book and then you go to see the movie and those scenes aren't in it. But, you know, you know, reading something in a graphic novel as well, it's all about uh, what your imagination does with it. And the, and the TV shows are a little bit more definitive in giving you the images and giving you the storytelling. So I don't know if we'll ever be able to satisfy what people come up with in their mind when they're flipping the pages, you know. Well, on a lighter note, tell us about the hat, because I think they said on Talking Dead that, did you decide that that's the hat that you wanted to pick yeah. for this season? Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, I, I, I had had an idea that I wanted a hat because, um, because I don't have any hair and we don't wear sunglasses, and we're out there in the, <laughs> the, the effing sun in August, you know what I mean? I'm on a bald head. It's just like a beacon, you know. Uh, so I wanted a hat of some kind, and I, I was going to Angela to ask her about it, Angela Kang, and she actually turned to me and said, what do you think about a hat? And I was like, I was actually just thinking about a hat. I was thinking about a big hat that blocks out the light. I was thinking about something like Lee Van Cleef wears in one of those Clint Eastwood Spaghetti Westerns. And lo and behold, that's what they found for me, a 10-gallon Stetson hat that like Lee Van Cleef wears. Speaking of Angela Kang, um, I got to interview her a couple of uh, months ago at an, a Walker Stalker uh, Walking Dead event, and she is a demure, adorable woman. Very soft-spoken and sweet, and I would imagine when you worked for, uh, for Scott, if an actor had a disagreement, he might be able to get a little heated or hot or, you know, talk it out. I would imagine it's very difficult to get upset with Angela because she's so freaking adorable. Yeah, you, you know, <laughs> you can't bring yourself to, you know, to, to, to raise your temperature around Angela. She's very calming and soothing in that way. Um, Scott, I never knew to get, uh, uh, you know, to get uh, overheated or even to get ruffled. That, that is a man who is very tightly buttoned down, and, um, and he's got a very self-effacing, dry sense of humor that he uses to kind of deflect that kind of stuff, whereas um, Angela just smiles and you're melted. So there's supposed to be three movies, and we don't know who's going to be in them or what the plot's going to be. We have ideas and theories, and I'm sure nobody knows yet, but it seems nobody's mentioned anything that happens in the movies. So it seems that those three movies or two of the movies or one of the movies takes place independent of or after the current time period. Because otherwise you'd say, wow, Daryl wouldn't be looking for Rick because they would have seen him at the island or the, uh, the prison or wherever, wherever he is. Would that be safe to say that the movies do not take place, as far as you know, in the time jump? As far as I know, I, I don't know when the movies take place. I don't, I, I, I don't know if they take place in the, in the time jump. It doesn't seem like it, as what you were saying, because Daryl is still out there looking. Uh, you know, but then again, you know, maybe everybody hates Daryl and they just don't want him to know things. <laughs> well, Seth, thank you very much. We appreciate your time. It's been a pleasure. Congrats on the great season so far. We're looking forward to part two of season nine. We're hoping the comics don't reflect in, in terms of your character, unless it's epic, in which case we can applaud you. But thank you very much. We appreciate it. All right. If you ever do want to hear, this is our podcast. Oh, okay. Thank you. So there you go. I love the way in that interview you pitch our podcast to him at the end. I did. Well, you know what? Because I literally two days before the podcast, I wanted, you know, to promote our podcast. So I had cards made. Right. And um, I. Business cards. Business cards. Yeah, business cards. And um, I expedited the shipping so we'd have them for Walker Stalker. And I gave them to Seth. And, and at, you know, I was very calm. I waited till the end. I said, you know, if you ever get a chance, here's our podcast. And, you know, we're. 
we're going to play your interview. So I, I gave him one. And right. I gave one to Ross Marquand. And after we stopped rolling, he and Ross both said they live in New York. Yeah. They will listen. Yes. And when I told them the show I work on, Elvis Train the Morning Show on C100, he's like, C100, yeah. I'll have to listen. So they knew, and now they have my card, and okay. hopefully they'll listen to it. So then um, explain to everyone what, what Seth Gilliam did once we posted pictures. So this was wild. So Monday morning, I you know put all the pictures over the weekend, tagged us all, blah blah blah, and uh, you know I tagged his actor page, Seth's entertainer page, and you know I got notifications on Facebook, and I had to read it three times. It says Seth Gilliam mentioned you in a comment. I'm like, I'm sorry, am I reading this right? He took my photos and put. Well, the first one thing, shout out to you. You took one of me like kind of interviewing him oh, yeah. on the side. Yeah, I did. I, I, yeah. And uh, he wrote on his page, uh, shout out to producer Jamie. That's my uh, my entertainer page thing. And he said, uh, for this very intense picture of us. Yes. And we're, I got a very serious we're moment. laughing. And then um, he saw the picture of us. He said, what's your your friend's name that's with you? And I tagged you. And then he reposted that picture. Yes. And literally Monday morning, no joke, Seth Gilliam and I were going back and forth in Facebook comments, liking each other's posts. And he took my our photos and he posted on his page and he wrote back to me. He's like, hey, feel free to tag yourself. And I'm like, is this happening right now? I right. screenshotted like a thousand things. So we're going to have to send the link to this podcast to him so yes, you can hear it. Yes, it was so awesome. He couldn't have been nicer. Oh, he couldn't was have been the nicer. best. Yeah. And uh, the pictures are great. Now, here's the only problem. Hopefully, Seth will hear this. Yes. I want to friend him on Twitter, which I requested. Yeah. But for some reason, as a celebrity, he has a private account. You have I to request oh. to be his friend. Wow. He has protected tweets. Oh, protected tweets? Seth. Oh. Are you tweeting politics? What's going on? I don't know. What is he doing in there? Yeah, you can't tweet politics these days. <laughs> unless you have a separate account. Yeah. So uh, I am pending. If yeah. you go to his page, oh, it's pending. pending. Okay. So I tweeted something really nice about him, but he won't see it because oh, we're not it's friends not, it's private. and I'm private. Yeah. Hopefully he'll see it. I mean, he may have seen my tweet, but I can't see his tweet. Yeah. So I, like, hey, Seth, it's me. But he did give us super amount of love on Facebook, so that was awesome. Okay, Thank so you, you heard you heard in the interview where he's like, I did not leave the door open. <laughs> and, you know, I I got him. I was really. I was like, oh my god, I triggered him. But then when I said to him, I go, but who knows more about locking doors than than Father Gabriel? But, um, and by the way, if you didn't understand that, that's a reference to the church. Oh, yes. Right, okay. He locked out. So here's home. what he said. Um, uh, oh, so uh, the Seth, uh, let me read the uh, the Ross Marquand thing uh, also. Uh, where is that? Didn't have that page here. Oh, well. Anyway, uh, Ross Marquand in an interview with, uh, I think, EW, one of the, mm-hmm. the major places. I, I'm sorry, I apologize. He said... That uh, originally the arm that he had cut off, and he's wearing the uh, yes. the uh, spoiler, his arm cut off. Uh, he's wearing the uh, the metal thing, like the fake arm. Mm-hmm. That originally that was built for someone else. Yes. Someone else was going to lose their arm in season seven. Mm-hmm. So I asked him some questions. He said he could not tell me who. Mm-hmm. I said I guessed a couple, and he said no, that's not who. But yeah. that may be part of what I can't talk about. Yes. Now, there's speculation, season seven, that it might have been Carl, because if you remember in the premiere, <gasps> they were, he, Negan asked Rick to cut his arm off. Yes. And Carl said, um, the actor who plays Carl, Chandler Riggs. Chandler Riggs said, at that, when they filmed that scene, he did not know whether or not they were going to oh. cut his arm off. They didn't tell him. That scene, I still cringe. So thinking it's about possible it. they might have. Y- yeah, and that they, could be. And they didn't tell anyone what they were going to do because mm-hmm. they didn't want the actor to know what was coming. Yeah. Oh, not man. that they were going to really cut his arm off, but yeah. you know. Well, yeah. So he did reference that it was for someone else. Interesting. Which he also said on Talking Dead. Mm-hmm. But I think the part that we can't talk about it's is who he it. said it's not, which I don't think was a big deal. I think that, was, that wasn't part of the problem. Just in case. Yeah. I think he alluded to some things that he said they filmed some scenes already mm-hmm. 
that I think we can't talk about. Okay. Because I said blah, blah, blah. And he goes, oh, I already know that because we filmed that already. Blah, blah, blah. But he didn't say what. No. So I, don't, I think we're fine. I think we're fine. Well, the January. We're just playing it safe. So Father Gabriel says, I think he'd be pissed at the guard that left on duty, that he left on duty when he slammed the gate. Shut and locked, Gilliam said during an appearance at Walker Stalker. Now, I don't know if someone's quoting us because this is what he said to us. Gilliam passed the buck to the Alexandrian guard who was on hand to free Negan of his restraints, pointing out that the guard was on duty when Father Gabriel slammed the cell door, that he, that, um, that he was in charge of making sure that Negan didn't get out. Gabriel was upset and distracted after learning girlfriend Rosita mm-hmm. was wounded and in unknown condition at the hilltop, but Gilliam was adamant Gabriel slammed the effing gate shut and it locked. And there was an effing guard standing by, Gilliam said, feigning an attitude. Next effing question. That's what he said to us, pretty much. Yes, so I'm wondering if he repeated that to somebody. Now, the only, there was no one in that room with us but us. No. And no one heard that interview but us. I think he just repeated that. Yeah. Yeah. So he was like, he was mad as Father Gabriel, not as Seth Gilliam. At first I thought I, I angered him as Seth, and I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I didn't. <laughs> now, I also said to him, I hope you live a very long time. And he said, me too. But here's what I'll say. Was we did have a question about this. Mm-hmm. You heard in the interview, he was legit. If the if it's a if it's an epic death, he's cool with it. Yeah, he did say that. Right? Yes, yes. And I I was like, wow, I was really impressed because he was serious about that. You could see it in his face. He's like, it's all about the story. Yeah, he said as an actor well, that you want to contribute to that. Which story. may be why I'm not an actor. Yeah, like I can act. Let me tell you, I can put him. I can emote. <laughs> I can I, emote. I probably couldn't memorize my lines, but <laughs> um, I I don't know if I would want to tell the story more than keep my damn job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Although, if you, if you time jump like they did, you, like Jesus, he still has a job, technically. Yeah. Technic- and he can go back now in six years and fight all he wants and, and make up for the fact and he didn't fight. And all these movies in the six, yeah, he can definitely come back. There you go. Yeah. All right. So, there you go. We'll have Ross Marquand in the new year. Uh, thank you for another good year of listening to Walkers and Talkers. Yes, thank you. We couldn't do it without us. you. And we'll be back. And I again, I'm hoping, I, I'm not promising, I, I'm going to hope, that in January when we come back, we will eventually do the preacher recap. That I've oh been my goodness! I'm gonna have to rewatch it again now just to remember. Yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> yeah. So there you go. <sighs> uh, so no Walking Dead till February 10th, but we will of course have news. Um, we're back. So I would say probably second week of January yeah. we'll, we'll land with a, a Walkers and Talkers update episode 133. Yep. yep. But listen, we've done 133 episodes, which is <sighs> roughly 130 weeks because we've done a couple of two in a week kind of mm-hmm. thing or bonus episodes. Yeah. That's a lot of episodes. We work hard. Kudos we love you guys. So, lo- thank you, Liz, every guys listening. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Jamie, for another another year. And thank you. This is technically our third calendar year yes. of doing the podcast. My favorite day of the week. Oh. When I come in here. Oh. It makes me so happy to be down here. All right. You're getting emotional now. I know, I know. Oh, no. Here we go. <laughs> Okay, there you go. <laughs> Little Van Halen on the way out. Oh, man. All right. It's time for 2018. Oh, what time is it? It's, it's time, time to, to shut, shut this shit down. down.
Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.